Welcome to the Faith Community Church Podcast, a ministry of Faith Community Church in South Boston, Virginia. This week, we have a special guest with us to encourage you to deepen your faith in Jesus Christ. But first off, I want to bring you greetings this morning from our our local Gideon camp. Um, This church has been uh, a great supporter of the Gideons, and uh, maybe more so than you and some of you realize, uh, certainly you pray for us, you support us financially. But for these last number of months, you've also been providing our local Gideon camp with a location where we can meet. Uh, we've been meeting back in that uh, fellowship hall for the last uh, number of months, uh, both for our monthly meetings and also for our Saturday morning prayer meetings. And the camp wanted me to express to the congregation their gratitude for allowing us to, to use this facility. And so I, I, I just say, simply say thank you for that. And uh, so this morning I want to do, uh, want to share some of what the Gideons are doing uh, around the world. Uh, not just around the world, but here locally and uh, in this state, in this country. But I also want to flesh it out a little bit uh, because we are here for a, a worship service and uh, not just to hear a report, but we want to, to look into the Word a little bit. And um, so as we begin, um, of course the Gideons, as you know, and I, I shared a little bit of the history of the Gideons a number of years ago when I, when I did this service. and. Uh, you know, they began in, in 1899 <clears throat> as an association of traveling salesmen, really. And, uh, and that, that's sort of where it began. It wasn't until about nine years later that, that Bible distribution became a part of the Gideon ministry. And uh, you'll see i got a display here of, of Bibles. If you want to look at it afterwards, you're welcome to. Today, as the Gideon organization, we remain... Uh, an association of businessmen uh, whose first goal is to to associate together to encourage each other in our walk of faith. Uh, Back in the day when the Gideons began, you know, traveling salesmen traveled around the country, spent many nights away from from their homes, from their families, a lot of temptations on the road. Uh, That has only gotten worse. So if you travel around, you know what I'm, what I'm talking about. So it's still important that we associate together as, as Christian businessmen to encourage each other in our, in our walk of faith. And, uh, and so that, that's our first and primary goal. Uh, secondly, we, we, we strive to, to uh, in, encourage each other in our witness uh, to, to, to share our faith. And then the third item is we distribute scriptures in the traffic lanes of life. And that is what probably we're most commonly known for uh, is the Bibles that we place in the hotels, the motels, uh, you name it, uh, across the world, really. Um, And as we think about... let me, let me back up a little bit. Um, the first two items, the association that we do together, are, are uh, encouraging each other to witness. Uh, we, we basically, that's kind of an in-house thing with the Gideons. But when it comes to Bible distribution, 
that's where you come in as the church. Because that's where the funds come to purchase the Bibles. Uh, all the rest of the Gideon organization is funded by the Gideons themselves. All the administrative costs, uh, the Bibles that we share personally uh, come out of our own pocket. Uh, but then we come to the churches for the scriptures that go into the hotels, motels, the schools, the fire departments, the police officers, uh, uh, the colleges, uh, you go down the, the row. Uh, those scriptures are all funded by the local church. And that's why we come, uh, you know, today and, uh, and share with you what, it, what is happening. And as we think of the Bible and the Word of God, uh, there are some terms that we use that I kind of want to drill down into a little bit this morning. Uh, I actually brought with me a couple documents. One is our Gideon document called One Vision. The other is our church handbook. Now, why you say I bring those, what's the connection? When one applies to be a Gideon, there are a series of questions that he has to answer. The first question is, do you believe the Bible to be the inspired, inerrant, infallible Word of God? If you can't say yes to that, you don't qualify as a Gideon. In essence, we have said the same thing here in this congregation. Don't quite use those terms exactly, but let me read what we have here in our handbook. The Bible, the inspired Word of God, is authoritative, trustworthy, and true when interpreted according to the intent of its authors. Basically saying the same thing. And I know you've heard the, those terms many times. I've heard them many times. God's inspired word, inerrant and infallible. And sometimes we just say it and just breeze on through it. But what does that mean? What does it mean when we say God's word is inspired, it is inerrant, and it is infallible? Because it has an impact on how we as a congregation operates, it has a great impact on how we as the Gideons operate. So I want to spend a little time this morning talking about those terms. What do we mean when we say God's word, the Bible, is inspired, inerrant, and, in, and infallible? Let's take them one at a time. Inspired. What are we talking about? Uh, 2 Timothy 3, verses 16 and 17, and someone actually quoted this this morning in Sunday school class. We read these words. All Scripture is breathed out by God. Some translations say all Scripture is inspired by God. But our, our better translations say all Scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped, for every good work. So what does inspired mean? Inspired literally means breathed out by God. One of my commentaries I looked at said you could more appropriately say Scripture is expired. 
Sometimes we use the term inspired and, and, and you know, someone's inspired to do a painting like it's on our back wall or is inspired to write a piece of music or inspired for, for this or that. And that, that's not a bad use of that term. But when we come to scripture, it literally means God breathed. Which says several things. God is the definite uh, or is the definitive author of scripture. And although God used humans to record his words, it is God who is behind what they wrote. And now we're not just saying that, 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 that humans were just simply like robots and, 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 and took dictation like, like a secretary does from a, from a boss. Uh, but there was human involvement, but God is the author behind it. And which part of Scripture is inspired? First Timothy says all Scripture is inspired. From Genesis to Revelation. It all was breathed out by God. We also read in 2 Peter uh, chapter 1, verse 21, For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of, men, of man, but men spoke from God, as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So inspired, God breathed. These are actually the words of God, the words he wanted us to, to hear, to understand. We move then to the second uh, term, uh, inerrant, and, and as we go into the, the, the term inerrant and infallible, you'll see there's not a lot of difference between the two, but uh, we'll, uh, you'll see what I'm talking about. Before we can go into to, to these next two terms, inerrant and infallible, we need to talk a little bit about God's character. Uh, what do we know about God? <clears throat> well, just a few things I'll, I'll just mention here. Uh, we, we read from Scripture that God is, is, is holy. He, he's a holy God. And a lot of this I'm saying, you, you know, I'm not telling you anything new, but uh, it, it's things I think we need to, to, to think about. Uh, we read Matthew 6, 9, part of the, the, uh, the, uh, the Lord's uh, model prayer that he gave us. Hallowed is your name. If you look at what that word hallowed means, it means kept holy. So you can basically say holy is your name. So, so God is, is holy. In Revelation 4, verse 8, talks about a scene around the throne of God. And they never cease to say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. So, so God is a, is a holy God. God is righteous. Uh, again, from Matthew 6, 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. God is a righteous God. God is a just God. Romans 1:18. for the wrath of God is revealed against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. A just God that will punish uh, sin. But God is also a merciful God. Ephesians 4 verse 6. But God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us. And then John 3.33. God is true. We serve a, a true God. And again John says in John 17 verse 17. God's word is truth. Or some translation, thy word is truth. 
And then another vital characteristic of God we see from Hebrews 6, uh, verses 17 and 18. I won't read those verses, but basically it says, God cannot lie. He is true. He is truthful. He cannot lie. It is an impossibility for, for God to lie. And there are other characteristics that we could, we could spend days going over the various characteristics of God. But, but these few here that I'm mentioning basically show that God is perfect. We, we serve a perfect God, one in which there is no error, no falsehood. So, if indeed all Scripture is of God, is God-breathed, it cannot be erroneous. There cannot be falsehood in His Scripture because that's not who God is. And if we say the, 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 the Scripture is inspired of God and breathed out by God, uh, it cannot be erroneous. God being perfect cannot make mistakes. He has the power to ensure the original writings wrote down, were written down exactly what he, as, as what he intended. So God used men with all of their personalities, their writing style, their accumulated vocabularies, their life experiences, their illustrations and metaphors to express his message just as he wanted it, without error. That's the type of God we serve that can, can ensure that. So, we, the Bible, we can say, has dual authorship, God and man, yet we recognize that it is God himself who is, be, be, who is behind the Bible's message and authority. And then as we think of infallibility, or infallible, basically we're saying God's word is incapable of error. Because God is perfect, so is his revelation of himself. God's word will accomplish exactly what God wants it to do. And this verse I'm going to share is one of the, the key verses of the Gideon ministry, Isaiah 55, 11. So shall my word be that goes out from my mouth, it shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. So then as we think of God's word being inspired and errant and infallible, what, what does that mean for us? Well, because it is such, it has authority. The Bible is, is authoritative. You know, we as this church, we, we've, we've said this, this book is, is, is our authority. It's our final authority. And we feel the same way in the Gideon organization. This is the final authority. We can trust it. Uh, and that was mentioned in our, in, our church, in our church handbook, you know, talking about that it is trustworthy. It is absolute truth. It's, it's not just true, although it is true, it is truth, absolute truth. And we live in a world when there is no absolute truth. Uh, you know, what you feel, what you experience, that is your truth, we're told. But no, this is the truth. Uh, and John, again, uh, referenced the verse in John 17, 7, uh, John 17, 17, thy word is truth. Those are words of Jesus in his prayer to his heavenly father. Uh, 
It is authoritative. It can speak into our lives. It contains everything we need to live the Christian life. And then this Bible, because it is the inspired, infallible, inerrant Word of God, because of the authority that it has, this Bible, along with the ministry of the Holy Spirit, can change the lives of individuals who open it up and read it. And that is why we as Gideons place this Bible in the traffic lanes of life, because we know from the testimonies we get back from all around the world there are example after example of individuals that pick up this book and no one else is around and they can open it up and come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior through the ministry of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. And that's why we do what we do. This Bible is living and breathing. It's not just any other book. Uh, you know, you can read through this Bible every day for 50 years. And on the first day of the 51st year, you can open that Bible up and read a verse that will pop you like you haven't heard before or seen before. I mean, that's, that's, that's what this Bible is like because it is a living, breathing document. It is the Word of God. And again, some of this I'm, I'm you know, reiterating. You know, the, the Bible is the Word of God. It does not contain the Word of God. It is the Word of God. You're all familiar with, with Billy Graham and uh, the great evangelist that he was. Uh, do you recall the... the, the, the the phrase he would use in every message that he preached. Do you recall a, a, a phrase that, that he would use? The Bible says. I mean, he, he believed that this was indeed the Word of God, and so he could, he could authoritatively declare in every one of his messages, the Bible says. That, that was where his, his authority to preach came from, and everything he said was based on that Bible. The Bible says, and hopefully that is what you and I each will say as well. We believe what we believe because the Bible says. The little children's song that we sing all the time, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. So everything we, we need to, to learn of God and His plan for our lives comes from this book. As I was preparing for this today, uh, I, I just ran across this message uh, or talk by uh, a minister that I, I love to listen to, Vody Bauckham. I don't know how many of you know who he is, but uh, I, I just enjoy his, his messages. And this one popped out at me, so I listened to it. And so what I want to share a little bit with, with you this morning is what he, he shared. Why do I believe the Bible? And, uh, you know, that people, you ask people, why do they believe the Bible? You come up with all sorts of answers. And, uh, you know, some people say, well, that's just what I grew up with. I, you know, my preacher says 
I should believe it. My church says I should believe it. The Gideons say I should believe it. But he gave a phrase that I thought is, I would love to memorize it and, and, uh, and, and make it part of my life. Uh, so let me just share, share it with you. Uh, this is why he says, why I believe the Bible. The Bible is a reliable collection of historical documents written by eyewitnesses during the lifetime of other eyewitnesses, and they report supernatural events that took place in fulfillment of specific prophecies, and they claim that their writings are divine and not from human origins. That's why you believe the Bible. Well, let's drill down to that just a little bit. First, the Bible is a reliable collection of historical documents. We have a book that's written by 40 authors, 66 volumes, written over a period of about 1,500 years, three different languages, written on three different continents. So it's, it, 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 it's, a, it's a wide array of, 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 uh, of authorship and, 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 and input, and yet there's a central message that goes through it. The message of Jesus Christ and salvation goes through that, that Bible from, from end to end. Uh, it was written by eyewitnesses. Look with you would to 2 Peter. <clears throat> We're going to be looking at a little scripture for, uh, for a little bit. 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 16 through 18. This is what Peter says. Now we know who Peter was. He was one of the disciples. This is what Peter writes in 2 Peter. For we did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For when he received honor and glory from God the Father, and the voice was borne to him by the majestic glory, this is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this very voice born from heaven, for we were with him on the holy mountain. Peter's referring to the Mount of Transfiguration. He was there. He saw the glorified Christ. He heard those words. He's one of the writers of Scripture. He was an eyewitness. And also 1 John chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life. The life was made manifest, and we have seen it and testify to it and proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard we proclaim also to you so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things to you so that our joy may be complete. Another eyewitness. John says we, we, we heard, we saw, we touched Jesus. So written by eyewitnesses during the lifetime of other eyewitnesses. And in 1 Corinthians, I won't read the verses, but 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verses 1 through 8, Paul talks about the various people that saw the resurrected Christ. And at the time of the writing, he said, some have passed on, but there are others who still live. 
And then Paul identified himself also as one of the eyewitnesses. He met the resurrected Christ on the road to Damascus. So Paul again was an eyewitness that wrote many, many books in, in the, the New Testament. And again, uh, they report supernatural events. And you could go through a lot of these, but again, in 1 Peter 1, verses 16 through 18, Peter is sharing the account of the, of the transfiguration, that supernatural event that happened. And then things that took place in fulfillment of specific prophecies. And this is where some of it really gets, I, I thought, just fascinating. Uh, and again, you could spend so much time on this, but Isaiah 53. Here we have the prophet Isaiah in, in 53 sharing about the suffering Christ. And, and you're familiar with that passage. And then again in Psalm 22. Let's look at that one just, just briefly. Uh, Psalm 22. And to me, this was probably one of the most fascinating. Psalm 22 begins, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Where have you heard those words? Jesus on the cross was quoting this psalm. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And then as you read through that psalm, it's the psalm of David. Well, let me just read a, read a, uh, a few verses and then just think of what happened around the crucifixion of Jesus. Verse 6, But I am a worm and not a man, scorned by mankind and despised by the people. All who see me mock me, and they make mouths at me. They wag their heads. He trusts in the Lord. Let him deliver him. Let him rescue him, for he delights in him. Verse 14, I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted within my breast. My strength is dried up like a potsherd. My tongue sticks to my jaws. You lay me in the dust of the earth. For dogs encompass me. A company of evildoers encircles me. They have pierced my hands and feet. I can count all my bones. They stare and gloat over me. They divide my garments among them. For my clothing they cast lots. David is describing in detail the crucifixion some thousand years before it ever happened. And this is the most amazing thing. At the time David wrote this, crucifixion hadn't even been invented. David never saw a crucifixion. And yet he writes this. David didn't suck that out of his thumb. That was the inspired word of God. God breathing through David to write those words. So the, the fulfillment of prophecy, just when you look at that, just tells you that, that the Bible is true. And then, of course, the last uh, thing was... Uh, that these writers claim that their writings are divine and not from human origin. Turn with me, if you will, to 2 Peter 1 again. <clears throat> Verses 19 through 21. 
Peter writes, and we have the prophetic word more fully confirmed to which you will do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Knowing this, first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation, for no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So why do I believe the Bible? Again, the Bible is a reliable collection of historical documents written by eyewitnesses during the lifetime of other eyewitnesses and they report supernatural events that took place in fulfillment of specific prophecies. They claim that their writings are divine and not from human origins. That is why, as Gideons, we take part in Bible distribution. Because we know we are dealing with the actual Word of God that is true, that can change men's lives. That's, that's why we do it. And as I say, we get testimonies from countries all around the world. Right now we are in 200 countries uh, around the world distributing scriptures in 109 various languages. And uh, we have to date, since the inception of the Bible distribution, uh, have given out over two, almost two and a half billion copies of God's Word. In fact, right now around the world, about every two seconds, a scripture is being placed. Uh, either a Bible or a testament uh, is, is, is being, being placed. And people's lives are being changed. Um, just a couple stories of, of, of a life that has been changed. Bonnie's Gideon moment came in her late teenage years. She was, her mother died from cancer, so she was, had a bad relationship with her dad because of all of this. Uh, and so in her frustration and pain, she, she ran away from home with a friend. And uh, they were in California, leaving the Bay Area, heading to Los Angeles. And as they were hitchhiking along the road, uh, a lady picked them up. And uh, this lady was a teacher, and she got a sense of something was wrong. And uh, so she checked them into a hotel. Bonnie's friend, however, left her, and so Bonnie found herself alone in this hotel room, uh, really keenly sensing the loss of her mom. And as she moved around the room, she came across a Gideon Bible in the nightstand. Picked that Bible up, opened it up, opened it to Exodus 33, 14, which said, my presence will go with you. And as she continued to read on her Attitude changed. She realized she was running away from something that she couldn't get away from anyway. And through that encounter with that scripture in her hotel room, she came to know Jesus as her, her Lord and Savior. She returned home, uh, repaired her relationship with her dad, continued her education, and went on to college, developed her musical skills and musical ministry. Again, as a 
child of God whose life was changed by a scripture in a hotel placed by Gideon. And that scripture was funded by a church like this one. And that life was changed for the glory of, of God. Another individual whose, whose life was changed by scripture is a man named Patrico Godoy. He grew up in Chile. And he heard these words day in and day out. You're worth nothing. Later in Patrico's life, uh, he became a military man. And during that military career, he became an alcoholic. And with all of that, his life was going down the tubes. His marriage was in disrepair. He was just a total mess. And one day his commanding officer invited him into his office, looked at him with disappointment and said, Patrico, you're worth nothing. You're a drunk, you're a troublemaker, and the best thing you could do is kill yourself. But you are worth so little that you're not even worth the bullet that it would take to kill yourself. So Patrico left that office feeling even worse than, than before. And being in despair, he went home, grabbed his gun, and decided he would end it all. Put the gun to his head and pulled the trigger. But God had other plans for Patricio. The gun misfired. Well, Patricio didn't think of that at first. He just was filled with so much despair, he thought, not even my gun wants me. And so he again wandered around the house, and as he wandered around, he came across a New Testament that had been given to him when he was at the military academy. He picked up that New Testament, opened it up, and started to read it. And as he read it, he became aware of how much God loved him, how much God cared for him, and what God had done for him through his son, Jesus Christ. He accepted Jesus into his heart. His life was changed. His marriage and his career were spared. And today, Patricio is not only a Christian, but he's also a member of the Gideons in Santiago, uh, Chile. Well, perhaps you're wondering now, what can you do to help the Gideons? The first and greatest thing you could do is pray. Uh, pray for a steady flow of funds to purchase scriptures to meet an ever-increasing need. Pray for open doors in this country and in countries around the world. And as I think of that, it's, what's amazing is here in the United States, what we used to refer to as a Christian nation, our doors are being closed every day. And yet there are parts of the world that we thought would never open up or opening to the gospel, which we praise God for. But pray for open doors, especially in this country, but also in countries around the world. Pray for more men to join the Gideon so we can distribute more scriptures. And then on a, a little more, criti uh, I guess, really current note, uh, you know, our Gideon camps have been affected by COVID like everything else has. And we've had to struggle to meet and know how to effectively carry out the ministry in these COVID times. And it has been literally quite a struggle. And so our prayer as a, as a Gideon camp is, is just God give us discernment, give us wisdom, 
help us know how to carry out this ministry to which he has, he has called us. And I'd invite you to, to pray with us on that as, as well, uh, because we're struggling just like most churches are struggling. You, it, you know, as a congregation, we're having a hard time getting our members back from COVID. It's the same way for our Gideon camp. We're having a hard time getting our members back. Uh, and uh, so we would ask you to pray for that. And then if God so leads you, uh, give, contribute to the, to, to the Gideons. This morning we're having an offering plate at the back. Eric will be there with an offering plate. If you would like to contribute to the Gideons, we would certainly uh, be glad for that. Uh, every penny that you give goes to the purchase and distribution of scriptures. As I mentioned earlier, we pay our own way. We pay whatever administrative cost the Gideons have. And we do that so we can come to congregations like this and say that every penny you give will go to the purchase and distributions of scriptures somewhere around the world. So if you would care to, to uh, contribute, uh, put an offering there. If you write a check, make it to the Gideons International. Don't write it to the church. Write it to the Gideons. Uh, $5 will buy a Bible like this that you see in hotels and motels. This book has about a six-year lifespan, and in that lifespan it will can come in contact with up to 2,600 individuals for $5. Testaments like these, actually the price is coming down. We've had some changes in, uh, in printing. About $1.20, $1.25 will buy a testament like this that can be placed around the world in 200 countries, 109 different languages. Uh, so if you, if you care to give, we would be glad to uh, have you do that. Uh, another way you can contribute is through the use of uh, Gideon cards. We have a card rack in the back of our church right above the shoe boxes. Uh, cards for thinking of you, cards in memory, cards in recognition. Um, it's just a very easy way that you can honor someone and contribute to the work of the, of the Gideon. So if you would, would care to do that, we would... Uh, we would greatly uh, appreciate it. Of course, if you qualify, we would love to have you become a part of the, the Gideon camp. But if you don't and you're still interested in the Gideons, there's a brochure up here you might want to look at. We have a program called the Friends of Gideons. And perhaps you don't qualify as a Gideon. Uh, perhaps you just think you just don't have the time to be. You can become, as a friend of Gideons, you can become a prayer partner, uh, which simply you just can commit to pray regularly for the Gideon ministry. They will send you some information on a monthly basis. Uh, or you can become a financial part, prayer partner. Uh, that would take about $120 annual donation. Uh, and then in addition to the various uh, uh, prayer calendars, whatever you could get, they would also send you uh, some testaments. They would not have the Gideon marking on them, but you would get some testaments that you could use in your own uh, personal witnessing. So if you would care to be a, a prayer partner, uh, you can take a look at that. Again, we serve a mighty God that gave us a powerful message. And that's the reason we Gideons do what we do because of this book and the authority of this, of this book and the lives that it can change. And I'm grateful for this congregation that also holds this book in high esteem. That's one of the things I so appreciated of Dane's ministry was how he held this book and taught from this book and preached from this book 
always. And my prayer is that we will continue that uh, as we look at change in leadership, that whatever man comes in, this, this has got to be it, this, this book here. So thank you so much for being here this morning. Thank you for what you have done and shared with the Gideons in the past. And thank you for what you will do already today. Let's pray. Father, we are so grateful for this time that we've had to share together. Father, I thank you for this congregation and for the value that this congregation places on the the Word of God. And Father, may it ever continue to be so. And I thank you too for the Gideon organization and for this church's support of the Gideons not only locally but around the world. And Father, as we all seek to serve you, uh, may we be faithful to our calling wherever you have placed us. Give us a boldness, Father, to speak up for you whenever opportunities will, will come our way, that we might share the good news of salvation to those that so desperately stand in need of. Thank you, Father, for your presence that has been here with us. In your name I pray. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. To learn more about Faith Community Church, you can find us online at fccsobo.org or on our Facebook page by searching Faith Community Church. As always, God loves you, we love you, and we hope you have a wonderful week.